Welcome aboard the flight attendant podcast. The seatbelt sign is on. It's going to be a rough ride. Welcome to the Flight Attendant Podcast. I'm B, your host, and this is the Quick Turn. So last week, I was reached uh, out by Board Panda, and they wanted to. They wrote an article in which they basically just asked me a few questions, and they integrated into it. So we're gonna read that. Okay. So the way that it's written, it's kind of the article, and then some secrets or questions that they were it was asked on Reddit. So I'm just gonna read you the article. And then I will go over a couple of the points that they had at the end because it's all back and forth. So this is flight attendants spill 30 secrets about the airline industry that most passengers don't know. Hello everyone and welcome to board, board Panda flight number 623. Please quickly find your seats and stow your bags in the overhead compartments. Our flight today will include drink service and snacks, as well as entertainment provided by flight attendants on Reddit. Please fashion your seatbelt securely and ensure your tray tables are in their upright position. Once we finish boarding, we'll be embarking on a quick 45-minute trip. Sit back, relax, and enjoy your flight. Okay, I have no idea what it's like to be a flight attendant, so I'm very curious about the mysterious world of the airline industry. Luckily, Reddit user I, it's me, LMAO, reached out to flight attendants asking, what do passengers not know? So today, we can learn some juicy secrets from insiders. We've gathered some of the most interesting and eye-opening responses from flight attendants to share with you, as well as an interview with B, that's me, the host of the Flight Attendant Podcast. So the next time you take a trip, you'll know exactly how to get the best service. Enjoy this list, industry, intel. Be sure to upvote your favorite responses. Then if you're looking to learn more from the flight attendants, check out Board Panda's last piece on the same topic. We all know what it's like to travel via plane, but it seems like very few of us know what it's like to be working on that plane. What happens behind the curtain that separates our seats from where the flight attendants sit? What does the cockpit look like? Is first class really that nice? Okay, some of you may know the answer to that one if you're doing well financially. So if you'd like to donate to my future travel fund so I can experience the magic of first class as well, I would be happy to send you my contact information. So Rich Friends, if you'd like to know the contact information for this author, let me know. I can get you in contact with them. Flight attendants seem to be so mysterious because most of us don't travel very often. So it's easy to forget that the profession exists until we take that trip. I have personally never met one, but it turns out there are quite a few out there. In the United States alone, there were about 117,000 active flight attendants working in 2019. And that number has been rising over the years as there were only 95,000 in 2014. We reached out to B, a real-life flight attendant and host of the Flight Attendant Podcast, to hear what she thinks are the best and worst parts of being a flight attendant. The best thing about being a flight attendant for me and for many, I think, is the fact that we can create our own schedules, work as little or as much as we want, take as many vacations as we want, and travel essentially for free. I, this is what I told Board Panda. The worst thing about being a flight attendant is that it's a pretty thankless position. 
While we love creating our own schedules, traveling and vacationing, we also have this job because we care about the safety. But many people do not realize that and they treat us like they're servants. And while that was the case when the profession started, incidents such as the Hindenburg disaster of 1937, which was evacuated by one of the Stews, the first one to initiate evacuation, the 9-11 attacks on the Twin Towers and many more have changed our profession. We no longer just serve as waiters, nannies, etc., but we're the first responders in the air and the last line of defense in a hijacking attempt. We also asked B if any particular passenger stand out to her as the best or worst she's ever encountered. I remember having this couple in my exit row once and I made an announcement as we were boarding, ABC is on your right, DEF is on your left, rows start at one and they go up from there. The couple asked me, really? You have to make that announcement? I said, yeah. You will not believe the amount of time passengers are in the back looking for row five later on. Then later in the flight, one of them asked, how many people are there on this plane? I said about 250-ish. The husband replied, I don't think in an office building, someone would go to the bathroom every two to three minutes. He was commenting on the line for the lavatories. I replied, yep, when the people are on the plane, the lavatories are never empty. This couple understood our everyday struggles and they received free goodies during the flight. We then asked B what she would like to all passengers to understand. As I mentioned before, we're here for your safety. We are not asking you to bow down to us and we understand that we're pretty much the face of the company. Just treat us as you would like to be treated and most of us are here because we enjoy the job with its many up and down, ups and downs. But when you arrive on the aircraft upset because of something that a gate agent or a ticket agent or even a TSA agent did to you, please don't take it out on us. We do not control everyone else's mood or professionalism. And lastly, she added that we do not make the rules if of the sky we are simply following our company's policies and faa regulations so please do not get upset at us when we remind you to follow these policies and regulations they are there for a reason if you're interested in learning more about the flight attendant world be sure to check out b's podcast the flight attendant profession is greatly dominated by women as about 75 percent of the workforce is female it's a popular job among people of all ages, though, with the average age of women in the industry falling at 46 and the average age of male flight attendants being 43. Unsurprisingly, however, men still manage to make more money in the profession, as women tend to earn only 95 cents for every dollar their male peers make. In 2019, the average annual salary of an American flight attendant was about $50,000 a year making their earnings about $5,000 less than the national average. So if the pay is not extremely enticing, what is the appeal of being a flight attendant? One of the biggest reasons many flight attendants will cite for pursuing this profession is that they wanted to travel. Depending on what airline they work for, flight attendants could visit multiple continents within a week, something that many people never get to do in their life, entire lives. They might even have the opportunity to stay in luxurious hotels while waiting for their next flight. Although the salaries are not outstanding, getting to see the world while working and having great benefits for traveling in their time off can be a fair trade-off. In a Cosmopolitan article where Ariel Pardis and Mara Santilli interviewed current flight attendants about things they wish they knew before starting their careers, the women agreed that the perks make up for their paychecks. Flight attendants can ride and coach for free, 
or fly with a companion for about 90% off plus tax and fees on international flights, parties, and Santilli wrote. It's great that being a flight attendant comes along with excellent perks, but becoming one is the fir- in the first place can require all sorts of jumping through hoops. According to the New York Post, it's actually harder to become a flight attendant than to get into Harvard. Apparently, in 2018, Delta Airlines announced that they were hiring 1,000 new flight attendants, and over 125,000 hopeful applicants submitted their resumes. After their initial submissions, a video interview, in-person interviews, and eight weeks of training at Delta headquarters, only 1% of applicants received job offers. And in true modern-day fashion, Delta even documented the applicant's journey in a YouTube miniseries titled, Earning Our Wings. Apparently, it's necessary for airlines to put their flight attendants through boot camp before offering them jobs because so much of the position requires great knowledge of safety and first aid. There is a common misconception that flight attendants are mostly waitresses or customer service workers, but that's only a small facet of the job. Our first priority is to keep you safe, and that's what those weeks of training are for, says Sean Kathleen, a former flight attendant who was an EMT and police officer before pivoting into the airline industry. Learning self-defense and how to take care of violent passengers and how to do CPR if someone heart stop, being a flight attendant was 100% harder than being a cop, and they have to hire people who can handle it. Along with being able to handle the rigorous safety training, there are a laundry list of other skills and qualifications that can help applicants have a leg up when trying to become a flight attendant. Having a college education, being fluent in multiple languages, being attractive and well-groomed, being friendly and a good conversationalist, having basic computer and math skills, and being willing to relocate and work. Major holidays can all help an aspiring flight attendant stand out. Being physically strong is apparently important too, as those beverage and meal carts can be quite heavy and customers might require help lifting their bags into the overhead compartments. When someone does manage to earn a coveted spot as a flight attendant, there are a lot of aspects of the job they need to brace themselves for, including dealing with difficult customers. There will always be a handful of difficult and entitled passengers who love to complain about the tiniest things or pick fights with the people sitting next to them, so sometimes flight attendants are responsible for de-escalating a situation. But there are also passengers who have the audacity to hit on or proposition the airline staff. People hold on to this notion of Pan Am stewardesses from the 1960s and that we are there to look pretty and serve the passengers, one flight attendant told the New York Post. Most flight attendants enjoy the social aspect of the job, as they find it fun to speak to passengers and meet a variety of individuals, but there are times where travelers expect the cabin crew to act more like therapists than flight attendants. You will find that most flight attendants are very empathetic and understanding, and they are going to try to make a passenger as happy and comfortable as possible, one flight attendant told the New York Post, but she also noted that you can never predict exactly how travelers will behave. We do enjoy most of the passengers, but then you will find yourself having conversations with adult human beings about why it's not okay to watch porn on a flight. Another difficult aspect of being a flight attendant is that it's almost impossible to live a quote-unquote normal life. Settling down and maintaining relationships or having a family is incredibly hard when you're constantly traveling, missing holidays, and on call for work. As exciting as all of the traveling is, being a flight attendant is not usually a lifelong career. Often, cabin crew members will hold a job for a few years until they are worn out from all of the industry's demands. We hope you're enjoying your journey on this board panda fly today and that you've learned something valuable you'll take with you on your future travels. 
Enjoy the rest of the list of interesting tidbits from flight attendants and be sure to upvote the responses you found most eye-opening. Let us know in the comments if you know any secrets from cabin crew members and remember, in the event of an emergency, be sure to place your own oxygen mask first before helping others. Bon so there are about 30 or more secrets on here. I'm only going to say a couple of them um, from here and there just because it is a long list and I have a feeling she was not kidding when she said it was going to be a 45 minute flight. <laughs> so the first one just talks about certain secure, uh, safety like opening up your window shade during takeoff and landing and that's because we need to make sure that if we need to evacuate the aircraft it is safe for us to evacuate the aircraft via that side or if I want to be a little bit more morbid is if you have that window shade closed and we have to have emergency services cut into the fuselage they don't want to cut somewhere they can't see and they won't be able to cut somewhere they can't see another one is why do I have to fold my tray table and have to bring my seat into the upright position and that is also because First of all, you won't be able to brace properly. Secondly, if you're in the aisle or in the middle and the person next to you has to get out, if you leave your tray table down, they're going to be stuck in their seat and they're not going to be able to get out. The other one is, why are, do we dim the cabin lights for takeoff and landing if it's dark outside? Well, we need your eyes to adjust. So if we land and we have to evacuate in the dark, then your eyes are well adjusted outside and you're not blinded when you go outside into the darkness. This one says, I used to work with elderly people and one of my clients was a former pilot that finally had to quit when he realized in the middle of a flight his dementia had progressed and he couldn't remember where he was supposed to be flying to, meaning he had been flying for a commercial airline with dementia for quite some time before that. That's pretty sad. This one, do not walk around barefoot. Pee and poop happens all over. I feel like I witness an accident regularly in their seat or in the lab. People get nosebleeds or their wounds open. Obviously, when we land, it's thoroughly clean, but in flight, our sources are limited. Please don't change your diapers for your babies on the tray tables. This happens all the time, and people eat right off of those tray tables. They put their feet up. It's disgusting. Don't do it. We try to sanitize, but we can't. If the plane has like 250 seats, and we don't have that much time in between our flights. This one's funny. If you piss off the cabin crew, they will fart on you. The pressure on the aircraft makes you naturally gassy, and it is easy to puff one off in the face of an annoying git while bending down to speak to someone on the opposite side of the aisle. Safety and security is the first priority on board. Your comfort and happiness is just an added bonus. You haven't seen bad turbulence unless the overhead lockers have opened and you have bags falling on you. In the event of a decompression, you only have a few seconds before your brain starts being starved of oxygen. Get your oxygen mask on pronto. Do not inflate life jackets inside if the plane is ditches in water. If the cabin starts to fill with water, you will be unable to swim down to exit. The people who pay attention to the safety demo have more chance of getting out alive by a huge 70%. There is no smoking on the aircraft for several reasons, though one of the main ones is internal fire. It takes only 90 seconds to burn through the aircraft and fill everyone's lungs with toxic, lethal smoke. Yet, it takes about 8 minutes to land the plane from cruising altitude. 
99% of crashes occur on takeoff and landing. 90% of aircraft crashes are due to pilot error. It is protocol that men are not allowed to be seated next to an unaccompanied minor. Airplanes fly broken more often than not. Dated a chick who was a flight attendant and had a brother that was a flight mechanic at Sky Harbor in Phoenix. They told me some crazy stories about the planes that flew with stuff that may or may not have been functioning properly. That duct tape game is strong. I mean, it's not duct tape. It's a different type of tape that it's used to fix the plane. This one's good. Count the seat backs to the closest exit. Good chance you won't be able to see in some of some types of accident. There are sometimes body parts in the storage area near your luggage when they are flying transplants for hospital. Also, your pets are in the same area as well. Smoking your e-cigarette in the lab will set off the fire detector. Trust us, it will. An airplane can fly with one engine and if an engine catches fire, they have the means of extinguishing it in the air. This one, you are not allowed to consume your own alcohol in flight. The reason is that we have to be able to monitor your alcohol consumption in flight. The exception is first class. If you bring your own booze, we can serve it to you in first class only. We can also deny boarding if we suspect you're intoxicated. Do not risk flying because you drink too much at the airport. Lots of passengers panic when the flight is delayed for mechanical reasons or when they see maintenance guys on board the aircraft. There's really no need to be. That just means that they're aware of a problem that, and won't budge until it's been resolved. Much better to be aware of a problem on the ground than at 36,000 feet. The pilots go through pre-flight checks to make sure that everything is okay, and the engineers check the aircraft at the end of the day. Flying is safer now than ever has ever been. No need to worry. Every flight attendant is responsible for at least 50 passenger lives on board. That's why securing myself and denied to bring you water for the, for the first seven minutes is not selfish, but to save lives in a serious possible accident or incident. Just know that anything that seems ridiculous has a real lifesaver idea behind it. Ooh, this one. In-flight coordinator. A lot of people don't realize that when they make jokes like, I know this plane would crash or security check failed to spot a bomb in my backpack during boarding, it must be reported to the authorities, which means that the plane will have to be deboarded again. There will have to be another security search. That person that made that joke will have to have a conversation with the authorities and they might not even fly. Don't try it. Don't make any jokes, please. If something was going to go down and we had to evacuate 99 times out of 100, it will happen during taxi takeoff or landing. So when I tell you to put on your tray tables and seats and get your bags under your seat in front of you, please just do it. None of the flight attendants have sex in the lavatories or anywhere else on that plane in our downtime. This was a question I got to ask constantly, but yeah, no. We see how truly disgusting those planes are and we have to go to those labs and see the diarrhea on the walls, piss on the floor, etc. We just don't do it. It's gross. There are lots of delays for other reasons, weather being a big one. And don't even say that there's no weather where you are. There isn't. But that doesn't mean that there's no weather somewhere else. But you'd be amazed at how many are caused by the people around you while you're trying to board the plane. This is also the part of why gate agents are so strict about cutting off loading times. 
Airline employees love to help when they can, but there are times when we kind of wish we could turn to the nearest wall and walk our, whack our heads against, against it a few times just to improve the situation. There are so many times. Okay, I guess you can tell that I'll... There's so much stuff, so many secrets in this article that you are going to be just like, wow. And most of it is true. There are some that just make no, makes no sense. And then sadly, some of them kind of gave away a few of our secrets that we are not supposed to be telling anyone. So um, I won't read those here, but the article is there. You can see them for yourself. That was one loaded article. Thank you, Board Panda, for reaching out. I was happy to answer your questions. Anytime you want to ask some more, if you want to come on the podcast, I'll be more than happy to have you. And now we are going to move on to the next article. And I think that's going to be the last one because we have no more time after that. So lately, we've been talking a lot about U.S. flight attendants. And I think that we do need to get more into more international flight attendants. I think that Sweet Tea from the court case was going to join us soon, as well as James from the court case. And we're going to have a conversation with her because she has become a flight attendant herself in the UK. So congratulations. And um, we hope to have her on the show soon so that we can talk to her about it. So this is from Travel and Leisure. Flight attendants reveal the first thing they notice when travelers board a plane. They notice a lot about you in that first greeting, and here is why it matters. When boarding a plane, have you ever wondered what the flight crew is thinking as you say hello to them? Turns out, they might be sizing you up. When boarding the aircraft, Turkish Airlines flight attendants are happy to smile and greet you with the welcome and tur Turkish hospitality that are, they are known for. But they also are analyzing a number of important factors that could contribute to the in-flight service experience. I'm sorry, to the in-flight experience. Cabin Chief Duygu Eren Toysia of Turkish Airlines share with travel and leisure via email. They are identifying passengers who may be able to help assist in an emergency as well as passengers who may need additional help in an emergency situation such as an elderly or injured person. According to Tosia, crew members are also looking to identify passengers who may be nervous flyers and may need words of encouragement. Overall, the number one thing running through their mind at all times is how to keep each and every passenger safe from the moment they step onto the plane until they deboard. Toysia said, the world-class hospitality and friendly interactions with passengers are an added bonus to the job. What else did the crew members notice? Here's a few Here's what a few crew members shared on Quora when asked what do flight attendants notice about passengers when they board the plane. Whether you're a new or nervous flyer. Flight attendant Kimberly Sullivan said she always keeps an eye out for first-time flyers. We can detect if they are experienced customers by the way they board the plane, if they're holding up the aisle and they have tunnel vision, we know that they're rookie travelers. You, your ability to act in an emergency in an emergency. Janice Bridger, a flight attendant with 27 years of flying experience, shared several things she looks out for, but she mainly looks for people who may need assistance in an emergency. I watch out for disabilities that may disqualify someone from sitting in the exit row that they're able to physically lift the heavy latch up to 60 pounds or open a heavy door several hundred pounds, Bridger said. 
Likewise, they cannot, if they cannot understand English, they cannot understand shouted commands, nor can they read the instructions on how to open the exits. If you're not intoxicated or ill, Nuralia Maslan, who listed themselves as a flight attendant for Air Asia, said they always look out for intoxicated passengers because more often than not, this is the type of people that are most likely to create troubles on board. And it, I mean, as we talked about it before, those were the most cases that were like of, of passengers that were removed from the aircraft this past year was because of intoxication, because they overdrank, because they couldn't wear the mask. But that's besides the point. Maslin shared, once the aircraft door closes and we start push back, this is the high time for this person to start whatever. And in case you need an example, Maslin shared that a 20-year-old pas male passenger once stripped naked while the plane climbed to 10,000 feet. <laughs> That's funny. Whether you have the ability to lift heavy items, Bridger noted that she often looks for someone who seems fit just in case she needs some extra muscle. So if I see someone who is muscular, powerful, strong, physically fit, I memorize his her face and make a mental note of where they are sitting. I consider this person as a resource for me. In the event of an attack the flight, on the flight or on me, these are my go-to people. If a situation looks like it could develop, I'll privately and discreetly ask one of these people if they, could, if they would be willing to help us if necessary. Help might involve subduing or restraining an unruly passenger, and we hope it never happens, but we will prepare just in case it does. If you're a current or former airline crew member, I try to learn if I have any passengers who are airline employees, particularly crew members who have been trained in the in-flight procedures. These people are also a resource for me. They've been trained in what to do in an emergency, whether medical, mechanical, etc. They know how to handle the situations as well as I, and are trained to become an instant team member, fitting right immediately, fitting right in immediately if needed. They are an invaluable resource for me, and I like to know who they are and where they are sitting. For example, Bridger pointed to the 1989 United Flight 232, which suffered a catastroph catastrophic failure while in the air, resulting in a crash landing in Sioux City, Iowa. On the flight, crew members identified Dennis Fitch, another United Airlines captain and DC-10 flight instructor who happened to be aboard as a passenger. Fitch assisted the flight's captain by taking over the controls of the throttles until the plane hit the ground. His actions are credited with helping save the lives of the 184 surviving passengers. So the two articles that I read for you today are a little foreshadowing for what we have going on on Sunday. And I really hope that you all are able to understand that what we do in reality, as we talked about before, and even though we have crazy passengers, crazy stories, we have fun passengers as well, the kids, everyone, this is also something that really, really is safety related. It's more than anything. We want you to get safely to your vacations, to your loved ones. If you need to travel for a funeral, this is what we're here for, for the safety. All right, um, that is it for me. I'll see you guys or, you know, talk to you guys on Sunday. My friend Olivia is going to join me and we'll have a fun topic for you. Or I don't want to say fun topic, but we'll have 
a fun conversation regarding more safety topics. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at the Flight Attendant Podcast and on Twitter at Stay Safe, Fly Safe. You can also email me at theflightattendantpodcast.com. We also have, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Um, and that's it for me. Stay safe, fly safe. All right. Loca you. Loca you.